Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this is a first for Mark and Me and we're over 100 episodes in, but now's the time to introduce a whole new range of guests to you guys out there. Today I'm joined by an artist and this is the first for Mark and Me, but not the last. As I've teased recently on my social media along with a picture of Bob Ross, I want to start getting the voice behind the artist, so I've gone and contacted some of my favourite artists who I truly believe are the best in Britain. We're so lucky to have these artists and it's been a big project that I launched a couple of months ago. It's finished now and I've got five artists that I want to bring to your attention and it doesn't get much bigger than today's episode. Today I'm joined by Matt Ferguson, but not only that, he's brought his business partner from Vice Press, James Henshaw, along with him for the ride, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this interview. I've been a huge fan of Matt's work for a number of years. I remember when I first bought one of his posters for John Carpenter's The Thing. It's absolutely gorgeous, and that started my addiction. I'm one of these people that love art, especially movie posters. His most recent Empire Strikes Back poster is incredible. I remember picking up a Captain Marvel poster of his when I went to the Odeon screening of that film. I've invested money on the Jaws prints, the John Carpenter prints, Jurassic Park. It goes on and on. Just jump onto cakesandcomics.com and you'll see just how amazing his work is. But I'm absolutely thrilled that he's joined me today. And James is unbelievable as well. And he gets to talk to us all about their business, Vice Press, and the success they've had over the last five years. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, you know the score by now, I like to touch base and talk about the last episode. On the last episode, I was joined by Jamie Lebman, easily one of the best songwriters in the country and my favourite singer out there. It was so good to welcome him back to the Mark and Me podcast. And it's been a few years since we last had him on. And there's not many guests that have come back on because there's so many new guests. But when I had the opportunity to speak to Jamie again and talk all about his brand new album, King of Clubs, I was never going to turn that opportunity down. But let's get back into today's episode. As I said at the start of the podcast, I'm joined by one of my favourite artists, Matt Ferguson, along with James Henshaw from Vice Press. And we get to talk all about his incredible artwork, the amazing business that they do, And honestly, you're going to end up spending so much money after listening to this interview and checking out the work on Vice Press. So I think the best thing to do now is get to the interview. So here's me, Matt and James talking all things art. So James and Matt, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you very much for having us. What I wanted to do is, Matt, with yourself, is start out about taking it right back to the start. So obviously when you were at school, did you absolutely love art at such a young age or was it later on in Uh, life that you loved it? When I was really young at school, I loved art. I can remember teaching other kids how to draw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I worked out the shapes. I remember working it out and how you could do the four ones and then just change the colour and stuff. So I remember doing that. And then I fell out with art a lot around about A-levels. I failed completely. Just I remember I had a teacher who was just like, you're rubbish, you're going to fail. I told wow, that's the to, sort of support you want from your teacher. I told, I told, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I should say this. I don't actually listen to this. She's probably really old and retired now. Uh, I told her to expletive off in an exam. You know, you right. like in an art exam, you do paintings and stuff. And then that sort of um, ruined that exam. And then I ended up doing that exam in the, in the art cupboard. 
wow. painted a self-portrait. But the head of art really liked the self-portrait and he put it up in the school and it was up in the school for like 15 years apparently and he loved it. So she can screw off. And then I uh, did some video games for a bit, like video game texture stuff when I was young, like 17, and I didn't do anything again until I was like 25, 26. Okay, so was it mostly, obviously you said you were doing the Teenage Turtles and stuff like that, the animation and kids TV. Mm. When was it you kind of started delving into like film posters and movie stuff? Was that still quite young or? Uh, no, first time I ever did anything like that. I, I mean, I might have done like stupid stuff at school. Like I was in a band and I did like band posters and stuff for a rubbish band. But uh, it was the first time I did like a art film poster was the Avengers in 2011 i was expecting it to be uh, before then i was expecting it to be like 20 years ago or something yeah. wow that's amazing into it. and was there any artists out there that you were a massive fan of when you were starting out can you remember if you were looking at certain film posters or genres what, like starting out with? starting out doing film posters and stuff yeah yeah so like uh ollie moss was a sort of touchstone for a lot of people like 10 years ago yeah, because he was a young person and he was doing things differently to the norm. And then there's like classic f- film poster artists like Drew Struzan and stuff like that. But I didn't know who they were. I just knew I liked the artwork. And then as I've got more and more into it over the years, I've sort of followed a lot more artists and stuff. So. And what about yourself, James? What were you doing when you were growing up? Was there a certain way you wanted to go in a career or what sort of things were you studying? Oh man, yeah. I'm still getting over the fact that Matt's probably still got a self-portrait of him up in a school somewhere. <laughs> we it was really good. It was all smashed out. I was smashed out of glass. <laughs> and, uh, all my face was like shards of glass. He used to come to school here once. Um, yeah, so um, as, a, as a kid, I, I kind of always wanted to do something that was creative. And I, <laughs> I tried drawing a lot as a kid, but I was I was terrible. And I've always been into comics and reading comics so I then decided that I wanted to be a comic writer didn't have the patience for that um I've always kind of I've never been naturally creative I've always been naturally good at stuff like maths and accounting the super boring (laughs) stuff um so that we kind of so yeah so I, I kind of did writing as fun and I used to write for websites for a bit of a laugh um like blog posts and articles and things um back in the day and then I started something called uh, cult collective which is where me and matt met because um i used to interview art artists because i was spending a lot of time doing film reviews and things and then one of the websites that i was working for asked me to do um informate like do an article on this kind of emerging poster trend and i kind of got really into it so um i decided to start my own website and it was focused solely around it was one a blog around art and art releases and things like that and I interviewed Matt and we went uh, went across the Thought Bubble and met him there and when he had a, um, a stall over there. And then eventually we just started going for beers and stuff because we live quite locally and that's how we got into this because um, I get the best, best of both worlds. I've kind of got the business acumen side of it, which is stuff that I kind of find quite easy, but I'm in a creative industry, so it's kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm not doing yeah. anything necessarily creative myself, but I'm part of that broader that's how it went down isn't it i was yeah we were having beers and i was complaining about people not hiring me yeah in very yeah sort of derogatory ways probably it was kind of (laughs) and then you were like well why don't we do something i was like yeah why don't we do something and then we did something yeah 
it was kind of that mutual look like Matt was on about stuff like 2000 AD and certain films and things um, where he, he couldn't get work doing stuff for that. And wouldn't it be cool if we did this? So we thought, well, yeah, then why don't we do it? Can't be that hard. Um, it was Quite hard. Quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, but um, we managed it and we're still here five years later. So, mm. yeah. I mean, that's one of my questions is basically, how did you guys meet? But you've done that one for me now. But then the <laughs> kind of idea of sitting there and kind of working out the logistics of starting Vice Press and you kind of sitting there thinking, it's a good idea, but how did it become reality? Because obviously you were probably thinking, is this going to work? Is it going to be pay off? Are people actually going to invest their money? It must have been a bit of a kind of a risk at the time. Yeah, it was. I mean, we didn't, we started we started with a relatively small investment. So we both put our own money into it and we thought this is going to be it. This is all we put into it. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then we've given it a go. Um, We both kind of had this idea that we wanted it to be essentially initially titles and properties where they hadn't really been covered in the past. So again, I mentioned 2000 AD and then stuff like Attack the Block and and kind of smaller British cinema. We kind of thought that would be um, a great place to start. So we started kind of looking into this and looking how we do it. But initially, we just thought this would be a cool thing to do. We're both in a fortunate position where we've got full time jobs. We've got a bit bit of spare time so we can do this on the side and it can be kind of fun. And then it's just kind of grown out. Um, It's kind of just become each success because we've been in a fortunate position where we never had to take money out to survive. Initially, Matt had his job, I had my job. We, um, We kind of could reinvest stuff. So we could reinvest the money that we made, albeit a very small amount, into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we just spent a good couple of years that we we, we were initially set up in my garage. Then we moved to a tiny little independent um, office in a, in a, a abandoned factory in Sheffield <laughs> um, and kind of slowly became more and more legitimate. So it was kind of one of those, it really cheesy, but it was one of those where you kind of fake it until you make it. You know, we're going on these conferences with big licenses and going to this I remember we went to the London licensor event and they were asking us all these things about oh so what, how many staff have you got working for you what's your distribution yeah. model those are really weird technical questions it's just like yeah you know, <laughs> you know. there's the two of us <laughs> yeah there's the two of us and it, we still get asked that now I mean we've got there's still only me and Matt and we kind of um you know, my wife kind of self-employed works for us and does distribution and things. And it's still very much a grassroots thing that we do. And we, um, yeah, we enjoy it, but it's, it's someone always, someone's kind of said to me, when you start in your own business to be successful, you have to put blood, sweat and tears in and you kind of every waking moment is doing it. it. It really is. It is a hell of a lot of work. You don't mind though, do you? When it's your own thing. It's been fun weirdly. It's like a hobby. Um, my hobby is going to work yeah that's the good thing isn't it i mean everyone as cheesy as it sounds everyone says it won't feel like you do work if you're doing something you love you know if you're going to go and work shop and stack shelves all night or put up with fucking customers moaning you're going to be like i don't want to do this (laughs) it's not what i did it all for but (laughs) i worked in hmv for 10 years (laughs) yeah bloody hell excuse me do you sell dvds oh fuck off you know (laughs) Back when the, when DVDs were, there was some that were double sided. So like Stephen King's It, you know the original. Oh TV. God, right, yeah. That was double sided, and people would bring it back and be like, "There's only half bloody film on this. <sighs> There's only half film." And by yeah. turn it over, 
Yeah. You know what? What lies beneath as well? Really <laughs> weird. That that actually, I was one of those fucking idiots that got tricked by that. What lies were. beneath was double oh, yeah. for some reason. You had to turn it over halfway through. Yeah. Doesn't happen I anymore. Do, but I don't do well with public. With no. <laughs> I um I worked at Virgin Megastore, and when Fight Club came out on DVD, when you put it into the DVD player, the menu was never being kissed. Uh, to fuck with people, so David Finch <laughs> like the idea of just making it. The amount of customers like you give me the wrong disc. It's like now you fucking idiot. Like push play and then Fight Club comes on. But the amount of people that tricked and it was my job was all day just refunding people and exchanging people because of Fight Club. That's hilarious. Was it's that ridiculous. that Fight Club one that was in like the parcel type? Yes, package? it was like an yeah, 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 yeah. I had that. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, that was cool. I could talk about Fight Club forever, so we need to move on and not just focus <laughs> on another film that's nothing to do with three of us. So when you launched, obviously, you talked about how you'd done the uh, Marvel Avengers poster earlier on in your career at the start. But then since then, you've done some amazing projects. What is personally some of the most kind of proud work you've done for yourself, Matt? Well, just this year, I've done Flash Gordon, which is like a personal thing for me. Yeah. And then Empire Strikes Back, the 40th anniversary artwork was just huge. It just... It really did take off, but I don't know what sticks out. Are they just because they're recent as well? Yeah. So it's like it's always the last thing you did in a way. Um, doing my first exhibition in New York was huge because I'd yeah. like never been to America or anything like that. So that was that was massive. I was still working at HMV at the time, so it was just like this little section we went to new york for two weeks and it was like this just a section of time of like living a different life and i can remember going back and being like no i'm not working here much longer so yeah and how was it when it came about that you were doing stuff for like john carpenter and uh spielberg with jaws and stuff you must have been made up when some of those pieces of art got onto steel books and it's not just a case of it being a print or a digital print people could actually have it on their physical you know physical media it's just it's just like crazy because I have always liked working at HMV. I used to like getting DVDs and stuff. Yeah, and I remember always being disappointed with really shitty covers. You know when they just would slap on not even the original poster, just like some really random Photoshop toss, and you'd be like, I can do better than that. Which is kind of maybe what got me started doing all this because I remember thinking I can do better than that. Yeah, and then it's a matter of convincing people that what you've done is good enough. I don't know where, when it happens, but it, it happened. And then people are like, do you want to do this steel book? And I'm like, yeah, John Carpenter stuff. I'm like, John Carpenter's my favorite director. So yeah, when they, when they came along and were like, do you want to do these four John Carpenter movies? I'm like, which ones? And they're like, Prince of Darkness, The Fog, They Live. And then, um, Escape from New York, which is like my favourite movie. I was just like... (laughs) 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 And then you've got to pretend to play it cool and be like, yeah, well, this is my fee for this. It's going to take a lot of work. When really, you're like already working on it before you've even emailed back. What I loved about that campaign as well is that they are used for when they were shown again at the cinema. Um, So I was going to the cinema and watching random films to review and seeing, oh my Lord, that's, you know, Escape from New York or whatever, or The Fog. And I was like, fucking hell. And then you got the special DVD sets that came out, which were different artwork, not the steelbooks from Zavi. And I've seen all these different designs and I was like, this is awesome. You know, everyone's now rediscovering these amazing classics from John Carpenter. And then you guys were stocking the posters and it was like, 
what a what a time to be a fan of horror and a fan of John Carpenter. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I want to do more. I want to do the other other films. Yeah. And just like go through and do more in that style and like, you know, just... I'm picturing already the thing Halloween done in the Christine. It'd be amazing. Just keep on, just go crazy on them. Yeah. We are are trying to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. The thing, yeah, yeah. The thing and then like we've spoken about stuff like Halloween and things along those lines. We'd love to do it. There's definitely, we have a wish list of stuff that we want to do. And that's. Um, I want to do. Well, I want to do Elvis the movie. I don't even care. I love John Carpenter. <laughs> Elvis the movie is brilliant. I'd do it. It's the coolest Elvis, though. Clearly, John, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell being Elvis is brilliant. What else do you need? Do you know what I mean? That is the perfect combo. <laughs> so you're yeah. now, um, guys. You've launched Vice Press. You've been going five years, which is insane. When was it? When you realised it was more than just a bit of an idea, and it became reality, and it was actually fuck. We're selling quite a lot, and you're putting stock out there for sort of Edgar Wright films and stuff like that and they were selling out and it was becoming a place where like bottleneck gallery where people were waiting with that button at five o'clock to try and get that add to basket you know that, that fear you get you know it must have been a moment where it went from wow this is something that we hoped had happened to reality to be honest it's after every release like every release um we still worry we worry how it's going to do yeah. um when we originally started, we kind of live or die by how a release went, especially in the early days. If, if a release flopped, we'd just be done as a company. So every release, we were like, oh, my God, I hope this fucking does well. Or, you know, we're back to day jobs tomorrow. Um, and then, but it, it kind of always, even as early as this week, we were, we were genuinely worried about how well The Flash would do. Yeah. Um, we'd, I was shitting my pants. I was like, I don't think anyone's going to buy it, James. James, I don't think anyone's going to buy it. What are we going to do? <laughs> We've got more printed as well. Because sometimes we like print before and and got this giant. I went to sign this giant stack of posters and I was like, oh God. Because that's a yeah. niche movie, cult movie, Flash Gordon. But yeah, did all right. I think the, the, the biggest one for me was going back to something you mentioned a minute ago, Mark, was when, when we did those. Um, John Carpenter's posters and we did we just I think that was they were our first timed edition everything yeah. else we'd done um and they were timed there were quads as well so they weren't and we thought yeah it'd be a great idea we might sell 40 or 50 of them each yeah um, yeah it'd be easy we'll be able to pack them up because they're big we'll just we've got a few <laughs> large size tubes it, it'll be easy I think we ended up having 1,800 yeah. Jesus I think that's when we decided to get your wife to do all our packing. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, these things are so fucking huge. And just handling them and going through them and doing it. And then I just wash my hands. Yeah. The the logistics were just nuts. Um, So, yeah. So it's kind of constantly a different thing. Um, It it just gives, you just get more room to play. I think that's the thing. As as each print Mm. goes well and each release goes well, you just get you get a little bit more margin to be a bit more experimental, whether it be with titles or whether it be with artists. And something we're trying to do now is, is do more newer artists and more kind of broader selection of artists as well, because um, we don't yeah. want to be, we don't want to be a company. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of Vice Press here. We don't want to be a company where people are buying a poster because it is a Matt Ferguson print. I mean, we want, you know, there's always I won't mind print. that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. 
we want people buying from us because oh my god i, I really love flash gordon or yeah. oh my god i really love the thing and and then it kind of helps newer artists bringing in because you kind of then you've got the quality of the artwork like patrick conan we did patrick's the thing that we opened vice press editions with and and that which editions is our open editions line that we're starting to do so yeah you know, all new oh, here comes the hard sell yeah <laughs> No, available now on the website again that did really well for patrick you know and it, it kind of and it, it just it, it just opens more avenues for us the, the, the benefit of us selling more is that we can work with more artists and we can get more people yeah were those additions for the thing an idea there came from fans saying i'm furious i couldn't buy one i hated the fact that i couldn't get it in time and 100%. you can now yeah. at least give them what they want yeah. yeah 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 the, the short answer is yeah we wanted to differentiate them though what we didn't want to do was to kind of say okay well we're going to have 24 by 36 screen prints and then we're going to do 24 by 36 open edition prints that are always available so we want the idea was to make them more affordable so that people that didn't collect posters it, it became a bit more palatable for them um and also that they were a bit smaller so their own defined size and stuff like that so that they kind of clearly have their own different collector base. There's going to be transition between the two, but we weren't kind of eating our own tail by yeah. by releasing those products. Yeah, so that was sense, that was the idea behind it. I saw with your most recent release for Flash Gordon that you guys have started delving into t-shirts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just to take take the piss a little bit. Yeah, slowly but surely we might do more. They're quite. It's quite a logistical nightmare with all the sizes and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you, can't, I mean, you can't beat Last Exit to Nowhere, really. So. Look at it. There's one now. Look, oh, there yeah, you go. Got one on Available now. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Plugging them. We're going to be way better than Last Exit to Nowhere. Yeah. You are the new Last Exit to Nowhere. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've always, we've fucked about for a bit with stickers that are um, like we have our vice press in a Jurassic Park or Back to the Future style font. And we just thought for Fast Gordon, we'll just do that on a T-shirt and it'll be fun. Um, we have spoken about T-shirts um, and we'd like to do licensed T-shirts. But like Matt said, it's it's like a whole yeah. other licensing thing about yeah. with, the com- with the companies, isn't it? So you can it, it's almost like you've got to do a whole new agreement because mm-hmm. they don't just do a general products one really so then you've got to go through it all again contracts and boring boring shit that he does yeah yeah that's the fun side so Mm. we i mean yeah so the yeah we would like we'd love to do more design uh, t-shirts but more design led so um you know where we're getting artists to work on them so they're not um asset based and stuff like that where we're kind of doing something that's cool yeah or like in universe stuff i always like stuff when it's like it could be something either like the last exit nowhere stuff where it's like it could be something that a character wears or like, like they do the, a really cool one for the thing which is like the antarctic region. yeah it's nice and subtle i've got that and, and somebody's asked asked me once like about my like trip to antarctica and i was like no nope. <laughs> i don't work for, for bass <laughs> But what just, we don't want is 150 size extra small t-shirts of yeah. something random sat in stock for absolutely ages. So it's kind of fingering that out. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a promotional thing at the moment, I think. 
Yeah. See it more as like a fun side thing. So, Matt, obviously with your work getting more and more famous, um, you can see your fan base building up, I'm sure, with your numbers of, you know, all the all the sort of Instagram and Facebook and yeah. Twitter, and it's, it's, it's growing at a, a fast rate and more people have seen your work. Is there a point where you're now sitting there able just to enjoy drawing as a bit of a hobby or is it all work-based now where it's project after project after project is there time where you can just sit and just have a cup of tea or a beer and just draw for the fun of it no it's just work yeah my wife would be like you work too much you yeah doing uh but i can't say no to stuff it's a real problem because stuff something cool comes along and i'm like yeah because it's cool stuff that i think is cool and worthwhile so i just want to do it so i'm just always working uh yeah so <laughs> i don't ever have any fun i've not played a video game i bought a ps4 for that spider-man game yeah not the new one the one from a few years ago played maybe 20 minutes of it and then i'll just that's it it's all just time. work it's really work depressing. work <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst <laughs> And is there some projects that you really want to get involved in? Like certain, like you said, you would love to complete the John Carpenter set with Steelworks, yeah. but is there stuff that you're massively <laughs> wanting to kind of do before you retire? I want to do like a, a, a full key art poster. So right. like, for example, if something was coming out, like the new um, big Marvel movie, like, I don't know, Black Widow's coming out, isn't it? Yeah. It's too late for that because all the marketing's done, but whatever. I would want to do the main key art poster that they use to advertise everything. I only, I think I only know one other artist in this sort of group of new alternative artists that did that. And that was Paul Shipper when he did um, the Ready Player One yeah. poster. And I remember seeing it on a bus and being like, that's pretty, pretty cool. So I want, I want that. Is that your goal? Is it? Is that what you want to try and get done? Mm, yeah. I think so. I think it's one you can achieve though. It's not like it's a ridiculous request, is it? Like some people are like, I want to do an album cover. I want to do something. You think, well, I don't know if that's not easy. If it's going to be a big band, like Paul Shipper did Muse, that's quite a fucking achievement, you know, getting yourself on the front of a CD cover like that. But, you know, I think to for you to get a, a big campaign like a Marvel or something, that surely is something that you know is reachable. don't know. <laughs> it's not happened. <laughs> Yet. I do like the side stuff, obviously. So they'll, like, they'll do a give, cinema giveaway and things like that. Yeah. And then, like, when they do re releases, so like um, The Empire Strikes Back, that was going to be, and then obviously the COVID bullshit ruined everything. But uh, that was going to be like the big cinema, a big 40th anniversary cinema re release. And they were going to use that in all the cinemas and everything. Right. Um, a bit like the John Carpenter stuff. And that would have been really cool. But it's not like the original poster. So I want no. to do it for like a new, a new film. But it's a good time, isn't it? Be being an artist or having the business because everybody is loving fan art and main art. Everyone is getting involved again. Everyone's loving alternatives. So when you now see an iconic cinema poster, there's not just that. There's like another version. There's a Mondo version. There's a uh, exclusive just to certain yeah. cinemas and stuff like that. It must be a really exciting time to be an artist. It is. It's really good. I think it's. Because I started around about 10 years ago, or just less than 10 years ago, when I did that Avengers poster. Uh, and that it was when social media was really starting to take off, and there was Tumblr, which was like a big thing. I don't know if it is now anymore, but it was then. And um, 
I think social media is the key to it because people are putting in like a name or a face to the artwork. So like there'll be so many more people now who know who Drew Struzan is yeah, because he's got a Twitter and he posts and it's really interesting to see like his sketches and, and, and so like on one hand, social media is evil and is full of trolls. But on the other hand, it, I think it might be the main reason why I have a career. So it's like a good thing. Uh, one question I ask all guests on the podcast, and this goes out to both of you, is a lot of people will be listening that are artists or studying art and want to be like yourselves or even a business, you know, an, an idea where they think they could create something special. Uh, what advice do you give them, and this is to both of you, to kind of get yourself into that world or make a name for yourself? I mean, with regards to new artists that want to get work out there, I mean, email email companies show them what you're doing go and do conventions go to you know get a table at a convention sell your stuff do what you can to get your eyes Mm -hmm. in front of folks i think matt's proof that you can just get picked out the ether if you've got the right kind of work just try and any way that you can to share your work and you will be found um if if you kind of shout loud enough and it stands out Uh, yeah you can say that that's very positive and i see lots of artists say that like hard work you can do it but it's not just that it's look yeah 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 it's just bloody look because like i was i put my avengers poster online and bloody someone at marvel saw it they just happened to be i don't know looking at their phone yeah at that particular time and they went oh that's cool they showed it to someone else and it goes up the ladder so it's this it, it is that and you that's obviously i'm not saying that it's not lots of hard work but it's also you it's it, it's luck being in the right place at the right time as yeah, well and just definitely. being that right moment there's yeah. so many people that are better at drawing than me and better at making posters than me so i've just i just feel like a a, a massive cheat <laughs> <laughs> but it must be nice that you get to get up and do what you love all day and it's oh, not yeah. like it's a amazing. fucking shitty retail job or a job it's where not you're not working just... in HMV, it's the best yeah. thing ever. There we go. And James, what about with the career and stuff? Obviously you must have thought when you started Vice Press and this is with respect to you both, it was never going to get to this stage and still be here in five years and out selling all these items and stuff. It must be a hell of an achievement. Yeah. I mean, my goal is for us to still be here in five more years. I think yeah. <laughs> I think with the current state of the economy and everything, we're, we're incredibly lucky. And I think if we can still be around in five years and we can still be um, relevant in five years, ide- ideally what we want to be able to do is that we're not just selling movie posters, we're selling artwork that families have up and that you can look at a piece of art on the wall and go, oh, that's nice. Oh, is that? Oh, that's back to the future. That kind of thing, you know, and that just, it's, it's, it's kind of that, but staying true to what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's that we love what we love doing what we do and we just want to keep doing it, keep growing it, but keeping it true to the grassroots that we've tried to do where me and Matt still have full control. We still decide every artist we work with. Yeah. We still take notice of every email that we get into the inbox requesting work. We try to reply to everything. Um, and we just want to kind of stay at that kind of, um, have that engagement regardless of the size that we get to. Yeah. And one question that I ask every single guest that's been on the podcast, and with you, there being both of you, you're going to have to agree together on this one. (laughs) 
the outro music is a song that the guest chooses. So it doesn't matter if it's a band, a classical piece of music, a piece of rap music, a bit of a soundtrack. Is there a song that you both fucking love by a band or someone that you would love to be your outro music? If it means you've got to fight for it or <laughs> whatever you want to do. But like Anthony Hopkins picked a piece of classical, Jason Mewes picked some rock band, you know, everyone picks random stuff, but it makes it quite personal. If you want, I can have both and kind of splice it together. I know, I know what I would pick. Go on then. So I, I, you might notice I like Transformers. Yeah. So I'd go for the touch from Transformers, the movie. I am all on board with that. (laughs) That's good. That makes it better that I don't have to edit more. (laughs) (laughs) I have to edit a 20 minute argument down. There we go. But yeah, thanks for coming on guys. Cheers. We appreciate it. See you later. So there it is. There's my interview with me, Matt and James from Vice Press. And what a great start considering I'm going to be doing a number of interviews with a number of artists over the next few weeks. I'm so glad I got into this project. It was a lot of work, but it really has paid off. And there's some other great, great people out there that I'm going to introduce to you very, very soon. A massive thank you to Matt and James for taking the time out to come on the Mark and Me podcast. And as you're listening right now, I urge you all to go and check out Vice Press. You will not regret it. You might have to hide from your wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or husbands if you've made a number of purchases because there's so much good stuff on there you'll just want to invest all your money in it. But honestly, you will not regret it. And if you look right now on my social media channel, on my Twitter page, which there's links on markandme.com, I'm going to be running a competition for a signed Matt Ferguson Jaws print. And honestly, when you see this, you'll just absolutely go insane. It's unbelievable. And also, while I'm here, and I just mentioned markandme.com, if you jump on there, there's links to my Facebook, my Instagram, and my email, as well as my Twitter that I just mentioned. Go on there and give me a follow. You will not regret it. And while you're there, go and check out Vice Press or Matt Ferguson on Twitter. Give them a follow and support them because they're absolutely awesome, incredible people, and you will not regret it. And also, if you talk about support, my Patreon page is up there. On there, I'm giving away some incredible prints from the artists coming up that money can't buy, some artist proofs, there's going to be badges, Funkos, Blu-rays, there's absolutely loads of things coming up. Every penny that you guys pledge into this podcast gets spent on the podcast itself. I don't pay myself, none of that. It's literally all going back into the podcast to do more and more episodes for you guys out there. And all that's left to say is I'll be back in a few days time with a brand new episode. It's going to be manic over the next couple of months. There's so many new episodes coming your way and I can't wait for you to hear them. So until then, stay safe and I'll speak to you all soon. You got the touch. You got the power.
You got the power